How can we as healthcare practitioners move from just providing disease management to providing true healthcare? That is the question, and this is the answer. Welcome to Reinvent Healthcare, the podcast that helps you grow your practice and expand your skills as a practitioner. I'm Dr. Rita Marie Loscalzo. Let's dive in. Welcome back to Reinvent Healthcare, the podcast for wellness-minded people and professionals who are passionate about transforming our broken disease management system. And I'm Dr. Rita Marie Loscalzo, and I believe that almost all diseases can be prevented or reversed when we have the right interventions and the people are taught the right way to live and the right way to eat and the right way to supplement and just the right way to be. And this is not part of our current health system. So that's why I'm so passionate about training health and wellness practitioners. So that becomes more of the norm for our system. So let's talk about a very special herb that I love personally, but also have recommended it for lots of my clients, lots of my patients to help them with sleep issues and that racing mind that goes blah, 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 and gets in the way of falling asleep or falling back to sleep once you wake up. This herb has been used traditionally in quite a number of cultures, Aztecs, Cherokees, Native Americans, and it's known for its sedative-like properties, its ability to affect neurotransmitters, exactly which neurotransmitters we'll talk about in a moment. It helps to calm down the nervous system. It helps to calm the racing mind. And I periodically use it myself because that racing mind comes in whenever I'm in the middle of planning a new product or you know practicing for an event or things like that. So if you haven't already guessed what this herb is, it's called passion flower. Passion flower has been used traditionally for insomnia. Yes, insomnia of not being able to fall asleep or not being able to get back to sleep. It's also been used for anxiety and other kinds of nervous system disorders where the mind is just really keyed up and we need to calm it down. There are a number of bioactive compounds in passion flower. Um, so I'm going to share some of those with you. And I hope that you can feel as in love with this herb as I've become and think about how you can use it with yourself, with family members, and with your clients and patients. One of the chemical compounds in passion flower that contributes to its calming effect is a flavonoid called chrysin. Chrysin is known as an anxiolytic, meaning breaking down anxiety, keeping the anxiety at a low. And it has that effect by affecting GABA receptors. And many people that you're going to see have a problem with GABA being downregulated, not enough GABA to calm down. Some of this has to do with genetic markers. People who have the GAD or GAD2 or 3 SNP, genetic SNP, have a problem with converting from glutamic acid to GABA. Glutamic acid is excitatory. Glutamic acid decarboxylase converts that into GABA and then GABA is calming. So when people have a problem there, passion flower can be super, super helpful because of that. So the other neurotransmitter that passion flower is so good at stimulating is serotonin. It actually causes an increase in the level of serotonin, which can have a very serious calming effect on the person. 
Another way that passionflower has its claim to fame at calming people down and helping with sleep is a compound that's also found in lavender, and it's called linalol. And this is like an oil-based compound, a volatile oil-based compound that actually causes the system, the nervous system to calm down. So passionflower also has a number of other active ingredients that contribute to anti-inflammatory and antioxidant properties of it. Today, we're going to just focus on its actions as a nervine, something that calms down the nervous system and helps with sleep and anxiety. So it's well known. When the mind races like crazy and you can't fall asleep, you have patients that are telling you, well, I can't fall asleep. I have trouble. I always ask them, so what's happening there? Is your body agitated or is it your mind is racing? And whenever they say, oh my God, my mind is racing and I'm thinking about this, that, and the other thing, and I can't calm it down, then I think passion flower. Really good for that calming effects. When people have insomnia, I've got like three types of insomnia. There's the can't fall asleep insomnia. There's the can't stay asleep insomnia. Then there's voluntary insomnia. It means I can't get into the bedroom and get myself into bed. It's not going to help with that part. We need to get into the bed and get into that relaxed state to try to fall asleep. But it can certainly help with the can't fall asleep and can't stay asleep. And sometimes people will wake up, they're having a dream or they're thinking about some issues for the day. They wake up in the middle of the night and then the mind starts racing. I keep this by my bedside because it happens to me sometimes, not all the time, but I have a formulation that has passion flower and probably some chamomile and a few other things that are calming. So it's a really good herb for those people who are having struggles with it. While it doesn't affect cortisol directly, it doesn't lower levels of cortisol like things like magnolia would do. It helps to calm down the sympathetic nervous system to help us get more into a parasympathetic state so that rest and sleep become natural. Another claim to fame for passionflower is the tonifying effect that it can have on the nervous system in general, just a general calming and strengthening, so to speak, making it much more effective. Has effects on muscles and helping them to relax, right? So when we calm things down, helps the muscles to relax, which can affect pain. A lot of people have pain and spasm in their various muscles, and the passion flower can help with that as well. So like any other herb, you're going to be thinking about the different qualities that this person has, and you try to match an herb to the person, right? So if you go, oh, this person also has muscle spasms, and they have that racing mind, wow, this might be a really good herb for them to take. It's also helpful for mood regulation. So we know serotonin, which it affects, is really good as an anti-anxiety, right? It keeps people from getting overly anxious. It's a calming. A lot of people have problems with depression and anxiety when they're low in serotonin. So in addition to helping with the anxiety piece, passionflower can actually help with the depression, make up mood elevating, mood lifting. So there's a few other things that passionflower affects. One of them is epileptic seizures. So I'm not saying this is a cure for epileptic seizures, but if you find that somebody has a tendency to epileptic seizures and also these other properties like the racing mind, it can't fall asleep, it might be something that you can consider. The other things that uh, passionflower are good for, cardiovascular system. We know that it's really good for antioxidant and anti-inflammatory, and we know that cardiovascular accidents, strokes and heart attacks and things that involve having buildup of plaque, those can be affected by antioxidants and anti-inflammatories. Those are caused by inflammation and oxidative stress on the inside 
of the vessel walls. So it's a super, super good combination remedy for people who are having trouble with cardiovascular disease. And of course, anything that can benefit from antioxidant and anti-inflammatory effects. So other kinds of things like gut health, it's not something it's known for in the literature or has been studied, but you have to think about what other things can be helped by having an anti-inflammatory effect autoimmune diseases, right? So there's a lot of possible benefits. It doesn't mean that that's the main benefit of passionflower, but if somebody's having trouble with sleep and they're having that mind racing and they're having some stress, you can offer them this as a suggestion, especially when they also have autoimmune diseases or they're struggling with cardiovascular. They have a family history of cardiovascular. So like anything else, whenever you're looking at herbs, I like to look at the full picture. I like to try to match the person to the herb. Let's look at how we dose this. How would we recommend that somebody incorporate passion flower into their diet and lifestyle? So passion flower can be used as a tea, about one teaspoon in about eight ounces of hot water, and then let it steep for about 10 minutes. Of course, if the trouble that they're having is that they can't fall asleep, you might want to be careful or they wake up in the middle of the night. You want to be careful about doing it as a tea because that's might be causing them to wake up in the night to urinate. Tinctures. That's my favorite way to take it because it's easy, especially if somebody has an issue with waking up in the middle of the night and having the mind race and not being able to go back to sleep because you can keep it by the bedside and just take a couple of droppers full. I always recommend like anything else, low and slow. So start with a small dose and then have them try a few drops. It may not have an effect, but you'll also find out if it has a negative effect. There are people who, when you give them calming herbs for the uh, nerves, they actually have the opposite effect. There's a lot of people who valerian, which is a very highly sedative herb, they take valerian and they get more stimulated. I even know people who take caffeine at bedtime to help them to fall asleep. Go figure. That's pretty crazy. We take the tincture, you know, anywhere from 10 to 30 drops, depending on the size, depending on the severity. And you can take it in water or you can just have them put it in their mouth and under their tongue, especially if they're waking up in the middle of the night, which, you know, you want to have to have them get up and turn the light on and pour it in. You just have it there and you just take some drops. So that can be really, really helpful. You can get capsules. You can get tablets. I'm not a huge fan of capsules and tablets, and I'll tell you why. I usually find that some people don't tolerate certain herbs or foods. I like to start with a tincture or even a powder where they can just try small amounts. When something's already dispensed into a capsule, you can't control the amount and you can't adjust the amount and titrate it to their use. Um, you can also look at tablets, but I'm not a big fan of tablets because most tablets have binding agents to hold them together. And some of those are not necessarily good. So my favorite ways are a tincture or a tea, or you can get a powdered extract and then put that in water. And you can use that kind of like a, a tincture by putting some of that and shaking it up real well in a bottle and then dispensing that. The tincture will extract out the active constituents, but so will when you buy a powdered extract, usually has had the active constituents extracted out. I find that some people do the best with combination formulas. One of my favorite formulas is actually called Phytocom. The main ingredient is passion flower though. And that's when you're choosing combinations, you want to look at the overarching complaint that the person has, the overarching presentation, so that you can match that to the specific herb. So I hope that this becomes a favorite of yours in working with your clients. 
much better than Ambien or some of those heavy duty narcotic type sleep aids, much safer than taking SSRIs and other kinds of anti-anxiolytic, antidepressive type herbs, you know, if you're trying to stimulate serotonin. So I really recommend that you make friends with it. Like every time you hear about a new herb that makes sense for your clients, try it on yourself first, even if you don't feel like you absolutely need it, mainly because you're not going to really hurt yourself if you just have a little bit of calming to your nervous system. But again, play with it and make sure that you're really comfortable for each particular person that you're recommending this for so that you help them to get the best results possible. So if you want to learn more about herbal medicine and how I use it in my practice, we have a really cool program called Practical Herbal Therapeutics, and we'll put the note in the show notes. And I really highly recommend that you learn as much as you can about herbs and foods and functional ways that you can shift the person's nervous system, their cardiovascular system, and everything else. So we are here to support you in being the future of healthcare true healthcare that helps people truly get well, get to the underlying root causes and change the scope of the way medicine is practiced. So join us and until next time, shine on. Thanks for listening to Reinvent Healthcare. We are part of the movement to change healthcare for the better. If you liked this episode, leave a rating and a review. And for more resources to support you in growing a thriving and fulfilling practice, visit our website at inemethod.com.